a win for basketball, a loss for football over the weekend. We'll talk about them both. We'll look at what Twitter says. Uh, it's all in Lockdown Syracuse, and it starts right now. Our Locked On Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Matt Bonaparte, Owen Valentine with you on this wonderful Monday morning. Thanks for making Lockdown Syracuse your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts. And let's talk about a victory for Syracuse basketball after a tough loss to Colgate. SU finally gets win number two. Bayheim finally gets win number 1101. We all know he's been after that for a long time. Uh, and they get it over a bad Northeastern team, but hey, they made them look bad, and that's really all you can ask for. Judah looked great in the game. Joe looked good in the game. Jesse looked good. Everybody looked pretty good uh, in that game. Benny looked pretty good in that game, at least for uh, the latter half of it. I was happy with Benny at the end. Um, so there are some positives for this basketball team, and, and like we all knew that each other would. A little bit of an overreaction after the Colgate game, but at the same time, Colgate then lost to Duquesne. So what does that say about us? Um, but hey, Syracuse looked good against Northeastern, and I think we uh, we got to be happy about that. 100%. I mean, I think back to last year, Syracuse loses to Colgate. We're like, yeah, maybe Colgate's really, really good. Maybe they're really good. That experience, they're going to be a tough team. Same thing happened this year. You try to get that, that excuse, and then it doesn't really come to fruition. I think you know, maybe we can find an excuse for that loss down the road. This is a new team. It's a fresh team. It's a young team. Uh, but they did overcome that loss, and they came out pretty solid uh, against Northeastern. And I was, you know, I would say pleased with the play of the guys that we have sort of come to expect so far. Gerard, Ed, uh, Jesse, Judah have really sort of shown that they're going to be the guys that are scoring for this basketball team. Uh, I think they combined for, what, 58 of the 76 points. So just about three-quarters of the points were from those three, which, you know, you'd like to see a little bit more spread out. But I think I'm okay with the fact that those three are going to get their fill. They're going to get the ball. They're going to do their thing. Uh, I do look at Benny. I think he played a much better game. We were really starting to question after the first two games. Didn't really show anything all too crazy. Played a solid game. 7.7 rebounds at this point. A uh, little bit of foul trouble, nothing crazy, but uh, I, I think he played a solid game, which is what everyone should be pleased with him, that you know he took a couple of bad games or a couple of rougher games and came out and played and, and stepped it up and figured things out. Uh, and as you said, down the stretch looked a lot better in this game. I will say this, I look at the freshman outside of Judah right now, and I'm looking for who's going to step up. Malik Brown comes in was an outstanding little spark off the bench uh, in that first half. I love sort of just the the way he plays basketball is fun. He seems to do things that just – it looks so smooth. It looks so clean. It looks so effortless. Uh, and he, he comes through, and I remember that play. I think he was in the corner, and then a quick recovery on the defensive side, gets a huge block, uh, just sort of does the things that you want someone to do off the bench and really came in with that spark and that energy. 
Uh, and I, I think he was a good reason or a big reason why Syracuse was able to finally get that that lead to where they felt more comfortable in the first half. Uh, I, I like what he's done, but I'm looking at Chris Bell. I'm looking at Justin Taylor. I'm looking at, you know, even Kadira for a little bit. Uh, you know, who of you is going to step up? Who can step up? Uh, and who can become that guy that's going to come in and, and do the job that you're supposed to do uh, and be that that big player? And I'm not exactly sure who it is yet. I've seen flashes from Taylor. I've seen flashes from Copeland. I'm waiting for it from Chris Bell at this point still. But which of those three guys is going to step up and and take those minutes? We saw Copeland playing that same spot that Bell and Taylor were playing in this basketball game. I think all three of them are, are vying for a piece of that pie. And who gets the biggest chunk is very much up for grabs right now. Yeah, and you didn't even mention Peter Carey, who was not good in this game. He was terrible. Seven minutes, three fouls for the big. I am strictly on Peter Carey redshirt season train. Uh, Just take a redshirt, Pete. Don't need you. Uh, Maybe we will. But for now, we don't. Um, But to your point about Colgate from before and, and last year, everybody talking about Maybe it'll be a good team. They ended up being a pretty solid team, ended up going to the tournament um, as a 14 seed. I don't know if Beheim said after the press conference in the Colgate game, like, oh, I think they're going to go right back to the tournament. They are three and two right now with a terrible loss to Duquesne. So I don't know if that's true, but uh, we'll find out, I suppose. Um, yeah, I thought it was a solid game. We got to see a little bit of the depth and whatnot, but you're totally right about it being that that position, that spot being up for grabs between Bell uh, and Taylor and whatnot. Quadir came in, played 13 minutes. Like you're totally right about that. Uh, Bell, like you said, I mean, we are just still waiting for it from that guy. He was just another zero, a dud on the floor. Um, and it gets to the point where you don't really know what he's going to be. And, and, and at this rate, uh, Bayheim's not going to play him if he doesn't like him. And we all know what that leads to. Um, but, Still, you know, he's a talented player, and I think that he'll have to figure out his role on this team like any young player that plays for Syracuse will. Um, But for now, like you said, we're waiting for it, and I don't know if we're going to get it anytime soon. Yeah, I mean, I just – I look at his season stats so far. He's got 36 minutes right now, two for seven from the field with five points. He's got six or three rebounds, one assist, and one steal. That's almost 40 full minutes of game time. That's a start-to-finish game. And those numbers are not, you know, permitting him being, you know, a starter at this point. And I know Bayheim has said, and I don't know if I've seen enough of it to, to back him up or not, he claims that he's the best shooter on the team outside of Gerard. That's why he's starting. I haven't seen a shot that is good enough at this point for him to play the way he's playing and and be the starter, right? Like when we used to harp on Trevor Cooney for, for not doing enough and not scoring enough, he was scoring and shooting threes and making threes. Maybe he wasn't making enough. Maybe he wasn't getting good enough looks. Maybe there were some dips that you took in Trevor Cooney, but he was at least giving flashes. Chris Bell has not shown the flash. He has not shown, you know, something that that says to me, yeah, that's a starting three guard for me right now. I'm looking to Justin Taylor. 
and who's in a position where, hey, you know, this this spot is up for grabs. What can you do to take it? I'm looking at Kadir Copeland right now. This spot is up for grabs. What can you do to take it? And neither of them really look like they're chomping at the bit right now. They're not playing terrible. They're not playing terribly by any means, but they're not playing. You know, those three guys are very much in a conversation for who's playing the 25 minutes of this group. And right now in this game, Bell played 12, Taylor played 14, Copeland played 13. So they're all averaging 13 minutes right there uh, with a plus or minus of one, right? That spot is up for grabs, and you can tell when you look at those minutes. And none of them are really jumping. Taylor, I think, probably looked the best of the three in this game. Uh, Got on the board at least, uh, grabbed a few rebounds. I think he had... I remember it might have been three rebounds in like his first three or four minutes on the field. He were on the court. He was really getting after it. Uh, I like seeing that. I, I am really, really curious to see, you know, in the next couple of days, who are those three steps up? We know Copeland can pass the ball. We saw, you know, he he really can do some things. And we, we saw that a lot in the exhibitions. We saw that a little bit early on. Um I liked what I saw when he came in 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 the first game against Lehigh. Hasn't been the same in the games since then. So really looking at those three guys, all three are freshmen, all three with a lot to learn, all three with a lot of talent. But who who steps up? Who can be the guy that says, hey, there's 25 minutes available. There's double the minutes I'm playing on the board waiting for me right now. I need to step up and grab it, and I need to do that immediately. For sure. Um, all right, let's take a quick break. This one brought to you by Simply Safe. Did you know that over the holidays, property crimes like burglaries and package theft spike nationally? That's why our friends at Simply Safe Home Security are offering 50% off their award winning security system so that more families can feel safe and secure this holiday season. Order your Simply Safe system for half off today and enjoy advanced security and greater peace of mind this holiday season in an emergency 24 7 professional monitoring agencies fast protect technology exclusively from simply save to capture critical evidence and verify the threat is real so you can get priority police response simply safe is whole home security with advanced sensors for every room window and door hd security cameras for inside and out smarter ways to detect motion that alert you only when a threat is real and even hazard sensors that detect fires floods and other threats to your home 24 7 professional monitoring service costs less than a dollar a day less than half the price of ADT's traditional professionally installed system. With the top-rated SimpliSafe app, stay in complete control of your system anytime, anywhere. Arm or disarm, unlock for a guest, access your cameras, or adjust system settings. Don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system that's recommended. Get 50% off any new SimpliSafe system at simplysafe.com slash college today. This is their biggest discount of the year, so don't wait. That's simplysafe.com slash college. There's no safe like SimpliSafe. Okay, back here on Lockdown Syracuse. I'm Matt Bonaparte. He's Owen Valentine. We talked basketball. That's a win. Now we got to talk football, and that, of course, is not a win. Five in a row uh, in terms of losses for Syracuse football. And this one hurt pretty bad. Uh, Maybe some bad calls went against Syracuse. Sure. Did A.T. Perry really catch the football in the end zone? I don't really care. Um, They had such a grit. Like, they looked so good in that first half. 
And I knew that them going into the half down three, there was no chance they were coming back. I just didn't feel it. Um, and maybe that's a bit LeBron meme of me, but still, it just, that's how I felt. Um, they looked good on that one of those first drives. I mean, really, I think we tweeted it like it was the best they looked in weeks uh, where Sean ran the ball in. I mean, it, it was just the first drive of the game. Yeah. I mean, it, it, they looked great on that drive, but I mean, they just couldn't carry it. Schrader, I mean, some people say he's playing hurt. Maybe that's true, but he just doesn't look good. LaQuint Allen threw a touchdown. That was cool. The defense was terrible. I mean, Michael got hurt. That didn't help. They got run all over. I mean, nobody was tackling out there. I mean, it was just a brutal game and one that they actually had a chance to win. And Owen, you were I gave you I gave you a crap in, in at the end of the prediction episode, but you were a lot closer than I was in terms of scores. Syracuse put points on the board, but they just the defense couldn't hold Wake. Like nothing about that. And, and sure, like a lot of people are going to say, of course they couldn't. They're injured. And this is a team without depth. And that's what happens when a team without depth gets injured. You get really thin. And that's true. Um, but, you know, Deuce is still out there and he didn't have a great game. And the linebacking core didn't have a great game. And guys were missing tackles left and right. And, and coverages were blown. It just, I, I think that it's hard for a team to have gone on such a roller coaster of emotions this year where they were so like they were the highest of highs, six and oh, ranked 14th in the country. How much more exciting can it get to you're going into week 12 and you're six and five? That's or week 13. Like that really, really hurts. Yeah. I tweeted this out today and. I rewrote it because it was a little bit aggressive at the start when I wrote it the first time, but you know, we, we loved to jump on the, Oh my God, Syracuse was predicted to finish dead last in the ACC. And now at least, you know, they, they were predicted to finish last, but they're, they're winning they're They've got six wins. So like they've defied the odds and they've, they've proven everyone wrong. Pause. If Syracuse loses to BC next week, and NC State wins, and although NC State plays UNC, who is a good football team, but if NC State wins and Syracuse loses, Syracuse finishes dead last in the ACC Atlanta. The predictions were 100% right. That is the reality of what the last month and a half has been for Syracuse. They have really, really uh, continued to fall and continued to fall and continued to fall, and you'd think at some point they'd either hit the floor or find a safety net, and they haven't yet. Uh, and I'm looking for it, and I'm trying to figure out, you know, when they can step it up. They need to beat BC. Uh, but to go to this game and, and look, and for what it's worth, I predicted 45-28, and the score was at one point 45-28 uh, in the fourth quarter. So I was like, oh, almost, almost with a near-perfect pick on that. I figured Syracuse's offense could get going in this game. I, I entrusted Schrader's I'm healthy comments. And he looked healthy on certain plays in certain moments, and especially early on. But you look at this, and this is a Wake Forest team that has fought and it can continue to fight and does not get phased when you get up on them. They never have this season. Uh, and you get up 21-10, and then you let up 35 unanswered. 35 unanswered points. There needs to be some sort of fight back. Wake Forest fights back every game. This was the fourth game that Wake Forest – 
has been down by multiple scores. And the first three, they were down by 14. And this one, they were down by 11. This is the fourth game they've been down by multiple scores to come back and take the lead. They show the fight. They don't keel over. And this game, you know, they did it again, right? And Syracuse needed to show that fight. And they didn't quite have it. And one thing I will say, I mean, if we're going to talk positives briefly, Syracuse can apparently throw the ball deep and catch it. Yeah, I don't know. What? I haven't been doing that. Demarcus Adams is good, and they haven't been using him all year. That guy's actually good. He's fast, and he can catch the football down the field, and they just haven't been doing that. I mean, I will give Robert and I some credit. Finally diversified the offense a little bit this week. Shout out. We finally got something from the offense. So Anai does deserve credit, and so does Jason Beck, um, for actually doing something with the air attack. Even yeah, if it, it was, was not enough, and even if Schrader couldn't really get it done the entire time, they still had some really, really nice plays down the field. Uh, and the Quint Allen touchdown was a really nice play, and there was good yeah. play design in a couple of places. Play call isn't always what it needs to be for Syracuse. A lot of times it's not, but I, I wouldn't blame play call uh, on that game. You know what I would blame is, once again, Dino Baber's late-game decisions. I can't believe oh he didn't go for two on that last touchdown. That was crazy. Like well, I, I couldn't believe that. You want to keep it a three-score game? It was a it was a cowardly decision. I mean, if he goes for two and they get it, instead of kicking for no reason at the end of the game, then you're actually going to tie the game. So stupid. I mean, it it, it pains me to watch things like that. And it seemed like he was waving the white flag. Like you're not even trying to win. Like you're kicking that that PAT. You're basically saying, okay, we lost. Like it would yeah. be a mere miraculous if you had won yes. after that. You're down ten what? with almost no time left. There's no chance you're going to win. Like if you're down eight, it's a whole totally different situation. Um, it's yeah, once again, he, it is every game. There is a baffling moment where I wonder how Dino Babers continues to be unable to do what he's supposed to do. Sometimes it's the fourth down plays. Are you going to kick? Are you going to punt? Are you going to go for it? That decision is never ready. Sometimes it's the timeouts. Why did you call a timeout there? Why didn't you call a timeout there? Today, we are reacting to the fact that we apparently think it's a better decision to continue to be down by three scores than to try and be down by two scores. Albeit, going three for three in terms of two-point conversions is difficult. 100%. But you have to try. You have to try. You're already down... You're going to be down three so scores. Regardless. Watch Andre miss field goals. Like, what's the point? You're down three scores regardless. If you're going to kick the extra point, you're still down three scores. What is being down an extra point at that point? Right? You're down 17. What is being down 18? Come on. Figure it out. Go for it. Give your team a chance. And show this team that you want to win. You want that fight. You want that drive. You're not complacent with the fact that you made a bowl game in the first six games of the season and then decided that you were done being a football coach. That is what has happened. You need to continue to make coaching decisions, and you are not making coaching decisions. I got torched early on in the season when I said, I understand they're 3-0, and I understand they're 4-0, and but Dino Babers is still a bad football coach. Talk to me. He's a terrible exactly. football coach. We a got terrible football that, coach. Look. Yeah, there's definitely some 
I mean, six and zero makes you look really good, but it does. When you six lose, and five, when you then you lose six straight, and if they lose next week, it makes you look really bad. So we'll see. Um, but let's take another quick break, and then we'll get to some Twitter replies. This one brought to you by our pals at Nissan. We've got a thrilling moment in college football this week brought to you by Nissan. The thrilling designs behind the new lineup from Nissan are intended to empower drivers in vehicles as capable as the driver themselves. When I think of unbelievable abilities on the field for this week's thrilling moments, it's got to be LaQuint Allen throwing a touchdown to Devon Cooper. We that saw him try and do it earlier in the season. Didn't exactly work out. He gets it this time. 33-yard touchdown pass for LaQuint. I was happy about it. Uh, all right, this segment has been inspired by the thrilling new designs featured across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles. Pursue what thrills you in the all-new Frontier Armada or Pathfinder today. Available now at NissanUSA.com. Okay, we're back here on Lockdown Syracuse. Matt Bonaparte on Valentine with you. Let's go over to the Twitter machine. If you don't follow us on Twitter, please do that at LO underscore Syracuse so you can talk with us about the game, how you feel, and whatnot. We'll try to reply to what we can and everything. Um, I'm going to go to our tweet asking for some post-game thoughts. And I'm just going to read. Syracuse Sports Online says, I thought the O-line played well considering we were without three starters. Fair point. Schrader simply yeah. lacks the consistency and accuracy to be a high-level college passer. Defense was, quote, outsized again, and Dino is outclassed against guys like Clawson. Um, yeah, the, out, the O-line did play well, I thought, w- without having Kalan ellis Bleich and Matt Bergeron, who were all injured, is what Baber said in the post-game press conference, which is bad. Um, yeah. But having guys out there like... Enrique Cruz, Jacob Bradford. It's just good to see what those guys can do. Um, and, and I thought they played really well because somebody mentioned also in a comments of another uh, tweet that, you know, next year they're going to have holes on the defensive line and the offensive line again, and it's going to be up to those young guys, which is true, but I'm happy with what I saw from them. For the yeah, most part. I, I was, I was pretty pleased at this point. Uh, there is one, where I look at right now and it compiled and that's part of the issue is, was this, it was Syracuse was down three, I think, or were they up? No, they were still up. They were up 21, 17 at this point, right? Where uh, you get back to back sacks allowed, bad sacks allowed. And Schmidt is forced to try a 52 yard field goal. I think it is. That was the one sort of moment where, or a series of plays where it all sort of, you know, fell on itself in terms of the O-line. But I, I did think, given the fact that 60% of your O-line uh, was out hurt and you were now playing guys making their first start and guys with, you know, major significant snaps for the first time, uh, I thought they held their own. I thought they did enough uh, for Syracuse to be able to compete offensively. Um, I, I have said this with Schrader that, you know, he did definitely 100% improve from last season. That does not mean he's where you need to be at this point. There's still more to be done, 100%. I think that's a fair take. Uh, The defense is outsized, and I cannot get through this episode without we acknowledge the fact that the defense has dealt with an infinite number of injuries. We're aware of that. Um, But we still have to be aware of, you know, what is going on here as well. 
the defense is outsized right now. And that goes to the bigger picture of recruiting and things like that, where you, you know, obviously this is an extreme number of defensive starters that are down, but there does need to be something said about that. And when you look, what was the last point? The last point was the, uh, oh, Dino getting out coached by Clausen. I don't know. I, I don't know. know if it was that. I think it was Dino got out coached by himself. Like, yeah, he just it's not. it doesn't matter who's on the other sideline. He's going to he's going to make it hard for himself. Yeah. Um. So I don't really know that it's all that much of Clawson, who has had a couple really good seasons back to back and has made bowls, I think, six years in a row or something like that. Who's a good coach. Um. Yeah. But. Dino, I don't think it was so much that he got outcoached more than anybody out there would outcoach him. Um, which goes into another person's tweet that says Dino in-game coaching and clock management again. Defense played soft outside of Marlowe. Refs hurt us and took away a TD, but end of the day, they were the better team. November and Dino yet again another collapse. Officially done with him. I'm just saying, oh, and you said it before, people were so in on Dino pissed at us for not being so in on Dino when they were 6-0. and And look where we are, people. So we'll take you back. Don't worry. We'll take you back. But just we're, remember. We're this. glad you're okay. still here. But I mean, um, it just, it's been bad. And it's recurring stuff, right? They escaped early on. And I, I don't like to go back and, and now talk badly on things that I was once excited for. But, like, it was a very fortunate 6-0. and Right, I mean, UConn and Wagner. Where UConn and Wagner, UConn is playing in a bowl. I will give them that credit every time. You Heck played a yeah. Louisville team that that looked bad, and I will say now does look better. You win a game you probably had no business being involved with with against Purdue. The way you played in the first half against that game, you play another hideous football game against Virginia and end up on the winning side of things, and then you get very fortunate with uh, NC State and Leary being hurt. So you were 6-0, and but you were getting breaks. And when you're getting breaks and you're on the right side of things, and yes, that's something that Syracuse has not always been on in Dino's tenure, but now you're in this situation and you're not getting those same breaks, right? Wake Forest, Syracuse scores a touchdown, gets called back for a hold. Was it a hold? Was it not a hold? You can you can figure that one out. Uh, they're, they're not getting those same breaks. They did get a couple of breaks in this Wake Forest game. I mean, um, Morin straight up dropped the touchdown pass and Wake Forest was forced to kick. Uh, you were catching breaks in this football game uh, and they're just not there. The Dino in November stats are, as you said and tweeted bones, astounding. Um, yes, this is down the stretch. Yes. It's tougher competition in the month of November. You're playing conference opponents. You're typically a little bit injured at this point, but here's the thing. So is the other team. Right. The opposing team is also playing the tougher portion of their schedule and is also dealing with injuries that might have compiled throughout the season. That is not something unique to you at Syracuse. Right. You are a part of this group and you are a part of a squad right now or a coach right now where outside of 2018, what is it, two, two November wins, three, three in 2018. It was two in 2019. So he's two November wins in his career outside of 2018. Well, in his SU career, yeah. Yeah. Could pick up another one next week, though, against BC. True. Maybe they go eight and five this season. Maybe they go seven and six. Who knows? Who knows? Um, 
could also go six and seven. But hey, we will be there to cover it for you. And that's all the time we have on Lockdown Syracuse today. Thanks for making Lockdown Syracuse your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out the Lockdown Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. I'm Matt Bonaparte. He is Owen Valentine. We will see you tomorrow with content that I don't yet know. Peace. Basketball, baby. Basketball.